Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Let's begin now. Welcome to it. 12 o'clock on a Saturday, live and local, which means now it's time for Out of Bounds. You just heard Brandon Kylie with the leadoff. After us will be the overtime. Chris Unicero. No Jillian Carroll. No, she's in France. Must be nice. You ain't lying there, man. You got to watch a 13-0 goal or difference in win for the United States women's national team. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Why she's there. She's doing some good deeds with some little kids over there watching some soccer, getting some people some culture in in the city of Paris, which I've never been. I feel like that's like a top three city of proposal. Oh, yeah. I feel like Kansas City is probably low on the list, but that's nowhere here nor there. Maybe it, top 10. You think Kansas City's in the top 10 of proposal cities I'm just in the being entire nice. world? No, I'm just being nice. Oh, that's okay. Um, that voice you hear is Nick Price. He has way more fans than I do. That's not fake. I mean, I can read you the text line throughout the day, and you'll just see it. Everybody likes Nick more than me, which is fine. I mean, it makes me feel pretty good. It should. Appreciate y'all. Today on Out of Bounds, uh, fun show. You have Father's Day tomorrow. Nick Price, uh, hopefully you don't get one of those texts. Which I've always thought on Father's Day they should do a special on Mari Povich, like where they are now. Yeah. Where they do, you're not the father, but now you are the father. And just to see, like, the kids watch the reaction of the guy that's, like, excited that that's not his child. Um, but like we said, pretty loaded show with uh, some local aspects and some local ties. Uh, some funny things, too, that aren't necessarily so local, like O.J. Simpson has Twitter, and I don't know if he understands how to use it. Uh, we will play that audio for you later. For those of you that don't follow the Twitter world, there's some there's Ooh. some pretty interesting stuff that Orthol James Simpson has said. I don't know if we still call him the juice, but uh, the juice is definitely loose on oh, the Twitter machines. Yeah. Um, that is definitely for sure. Um, but in other news, happy Saturday. The Royals have won three times since our last show, and the last show we did was two weeks ago. Yeah. So we got that going for us, but that's not the important part of what we want to start the show off with today. The fact that the Chiefs have announced their training camp schedule, it is out. And from what I have told people about Chiefs training camp, and what I told Nick Price today is that the similarities that I will give is if you remember Fan Fest with the Royals after the 2014 season, and then again 2015 season. The only difference is the Chiefs haven't won the Mecca title in their sport yet. I remember in 14, obviously, the Royals make the run. Then FanFest comes out, and the lines outside of the, uh, what is it, Bartle Hall? Is that where they do it? Uh, yeah. Where they do FanFest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was ridiculous. Tickets were sold out. People were going crazy because they wanted to be a part of the new wave. And I feel like we will get that with St. Joe this year. Oh, yeah. Obviously, there are tons of dates that are announced when it comes to Chiefs training camp out in the lovely city of St. Joe been there the last two years it's actually a pretty good time you get to see a lot of fans you get to see players not really being in like the full serious mode um 
just because there are just so many things that are going on, things that are being built up and everything like that. I think, obviously, the main attraction is number 15. I don't think that is anything uh, of a surprise to anyone. I think anybody that can go see Mahomes, get as close as possible to Mahomes, uh, will Chris Jones be there? Who knows? Um, but the schedule that is announced, the report day for rookies and quarterbacks is July 23rd. You think to yourself, oh, my gosh, that's more than a month away. It'll be here before you know it. On Saturday, July 27th, will be the first practice open to the public. And they'll have team autograph sessions. And that's Saturday, July 27th. But what it makes me think of is how crazy this year's training camp is going to be. I know it's hard to get juiced up for what you would consider seven-on-seven football or skills practice. But with as bad as the baseball team has been this summer, with no sign of light coming forward, what do we say they were? They're 21 and 47? They're 22 and 47. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 25 games under 500 before the 4th of July. And they've won three games since our last show two weeks ago. Which is more relevant worth than noting. anything. Yeah. Worth noting. So that'll be a continued tally because sometimes on Saturdays the Royals will play at 11, so we won't have a show. But the thing that's crazy about that is they have won three times in two weeks. That makes the Chiefs training camp that much more eager to get to. Now, obviously, they were a coin flip away from going to the Super Bowl. I think we all believe that. Or an offsides away. Yeah. Damn it, D Ford. That's how you get traded. Yeah. Or I guess that's how you don't get, you know, that's how you don't get your uh, contract extension with that. Uh, yeah, that's how they decide to move on you from you real quick. But I also, I believe the two obvious things that will make things very interesting for Chiefs training camp is obviously there is not really a lot of fun when it comes to the baseball team, but also the fact of what the baseball team did in 14 and 15 and how the fans reacted to the offseason. I mean, in the offseason in 14, everybody wanted to go see Hosmer. Everyone wanted to go see Gordon. Everyone wanted to go see um, Lorenzo Cain, Mike Moustakas. They wanted to see that core of guys because they got those fans so intrigued into the season. They got 90 feet away from tying a game, beating the San Francisco Giants, and then everybody said, well, maybe this team can do it again. And then in 15, they win it, and everybody shows up. Now, all of a sudden, the Chiefs are one of the biggest teams, one of the most hyped teams to come up to this season. One of the Super Bowl favorites, if not the biggest favorite, to win the Super Bowl in 2019-20 season. Not only that, but when you think it could only get better, it does because Mahomes drops this bomb when he talks Thursday to the media. With guys stepping up and then us kind of evolving the offense, uh, Coach Reed did not hold back at all. We were putting in new plays every single day. And so for us to just keep evolving and keep working and mastering our craft, I feel like we did a, had a good uh, little camp. So that was after the camp that they just had here, the not-so-mandatory, mandatory mini camp where everybody loses their minds. Right, because there's no Chris Jones. We don't know anything about Tyree Kill, but the main focus is 15 and Reed, which brings up a really good question. Would you rather have Andy Reed's legs or Patrick Mahomes' voice? If I take Patrick Mahomes' voice, do I also get his other abilities? You can't do just this. the voice. Yeah, you just get the voice. You get I, your body, your face with that voice. I'm still taking the voice. Over the legs? Yeah. God, those legs are weird. I mean, it's you know, it's a memorable voice. Everybody's gonna know who you are when you start talking. Yes. I don't know if I can live with the legs. Protein has with a purpose down. text line 69306. You go with Mahomes' voice or Reed's legs. Up to you. Um, but no, with training camp coming up, there are tons of questions that evolve this team. You hear Patrick Mahomes where he says Andy Reed wasn't shy. We hit the ground running. We have new things coming on. You've got Nicole Hardman that's got a lot of people's interest because of the whole Tyree Kill situation where he was drafted, his talents that are whatever his ceiling may be. Um, 
And not only that, but you have so much anticipation for this season coming up. I'm not sure what you're more excited to see. The new revamped defense, number 15, or what kind of shows they're going to put on. Now, the Chiefs Twitter account did exactly what he did. They teased you better than any radio host could ever tease a topic into a break. They just show Mahomes stepping back, rifling the pigskin in the air, 50-plus yards, and guess who catches it? McCole Hardman. And all of a sudden it says, see you in July, or whatever they tagged it with. We talked about this two weeks ago. They're perfect at giving us the slow-motion Patrick Mahomes cannon. Oh, all the time. It's literally the best cliffhanger you've ever seen, and I've watched Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, Fargo, all these shows. And there's nothing better that gets you going than when you see 15 step back in a yellow jersey, cock the arm back, and just let it fly. Again, I can't wait for, pa- I can't wait for Anthony Sherman to take a video when they're at the Estadio, uh, the, uh, Estadio Azteca in Mexico, and we see Mahomes try to go for 100 yards. But the thing about this season and this training camp, two pretty big stories right now. What are we going to see? And where's Chris Jones? And all I can say about Chris Jones, I'm not an NFL insider. I'm not an agent. I'm not a coach. I'm just a talking head. I can assure you Chris Jones will be on this team. When he gets paid, I don't know. I would assume sometime in July, either right before camp, and then that'll lead into a great story going into camp. But I would assume the only thing that's going on between contract talks is the guaranteed cash. What that number that Chris Jones wants, what the number is the Chiefs want to give. They come out last week. We're not going to talk contract extensions until he shows up. He comes back with, I'm not going to go into contract talk. I'm not going to show up until I get a contract. Both are fair on both parts. Now, the way the Chiefs lame duck it is that they say, well, we've got a new system. We've got a new scheme. We're running a 4-3, not a 3-4. Okay. I don't know how much of his position is really going to be, like, really characterized. I can see why if, like, Tyron Matthew wasn't here, you'd be a little concerned. Or if Kendall Fuller wasn't here, you'd be a little concerned. By the way, I love the power move that he's going to 29. Eric Berry's still not signed. But the thing that's great about this training camp is the fact that with the way the Chiefs offseason kind of started with such a dark, stormy cloud of the Tyree Kill investigation and what is and what isn't the Tyree Kill story has now kind of fluctuated into the Chris Jones story, which also has a bright light at the end of the tunnel of, can Patrick Mahomes do what he did with this new kid, McCole Hardman? And I don't know. But I know no matter what, at training camp, the turnout will be enormous. It'll be intriguing to see the crowd size, where they go, where their focus is. Because last year was really like, I know it was the second year Mahomes was there, but last year was like the year where like you knew he was the guy, you knew the hype that was going into the season, and people really focused on what Mahomes and Tyreek were doing. And obviously, if you ever go to training camp, there's two fields, split sides, They'll run an offense, they'll run an offense, they'll run deep, whatever they'll do, they'll go in and out, and they'll do scenarios and stuff like that, and they'll keep tabs on a good play for the offense, good play for the defense. But it will be interesting to see, now that the cat's out of the bag, and everybody in the entire world knows what's going on with number 15, it'll be interesting to see the people show out to St. Joe this year. Yeah, and you know it's going to be an absolute madhouse, because it's like you said earlier, like the Royals came about as close as you could to winning a World Series in 2014 without actually doing it, and everybody went into 2015 knowing... This is the year. This is the team. I got to go out and see this team because this team's going to win the championship. I think that's the exact same thing that's happening right now. You saw the Chiefs go to overtime with the Patriots, lose on a coin flip, whatever it is. 
but they're currently six to one favorites to win the Super Bowl along with the New England Patriots. And that's on CBSSports.com from two days ago. So those are updated odds. So this is your chance to go and see the possible Super Bowl champions up close and personal before any of this starts. Which, again, is kind of like with the Royals. Same thing. Last year, the Chiefs get to the AFC Championship game. They get so close. And a lot of people would say, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but you see the way the Rams played. Obviously, Belichick schemed the hell out of that team. Yeah. But it makes you wonder if the Chiefs had a chance to be in that game, maybe things would have been different. Todd Gurley, C.J. Anderson were two different roles. Um, Jared Goff in a big game, even though he's got McVay in his head. Either way you look at it, I think I'm fair to say I think the Chiefs would have won the Super Bowl if they represented the ASD last year. They didn't. Now, this year, they know what they've got to get to. You look again to the 14 and 15 Royals. They knew how far they had to get. That team was not a team that blew you away with stardom. I mean, Hosmer was a local hero. But I think on a main scale, he wasn't really up there in the top 15, top 20 MLB players to go see. But this team locally had such a draw in baseball. Now, in football... You're one game away. Hell, you're 15 minutes away. You're an offsides away from winning or winning the AFC Championship and going to the Super Bowl. And like Brandon Kylie said, a lot like the Toronto Raptors. You can end a dynasty. But what you really want to do is you want to get to that big game because that's just going to make your team that more appeasing to see. And it's going to make that much more interesting to watch. And it makes you think, really, we're doing this for training camp. Yeah, because we got nothing else, man. Because the team across the parking lot has laid a pretty big egg this year. We didn't know it was going to be this bad. Speaking of the team across the parking lot, Ned Yost is their manager. I don't know how much longer he has, but I've got a pretty good idea who fills in next time. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Out of Bounds, Protein House, Eat With a Purpose, text line 69306. Later on in our show, we're doing a segment. Since Father's Day is tomorrow, TV slash movies or fictional, good fathers and bad fathers. Got a few already that we have in mind. Again, Protein House, Eat With a Purpose, text line 69306. Who are your TV or movie or fictional fathers that are good or bad? I feel confident with our list, Nick Price. Uh, this list is really good. I think we put right. a lot of work into this one. Yeah, got a little audio, got a little... We're good. Speaking of dads, Ned Yost. This Royals season has been nothing shy of disappointing. I've got to be blunt. I've got to be honest. That's what it's been. They're 22 and 47. They're worse than they were last year, if not the same. You can call whatever you want. Record-wise, there were so far. Right. And last year, the narrative around Ned Yost was, he's here to take the lumps of a team that, you know, maybe won't be that great. You don't want to bring in a new guy to get all this negative feedback and tough questions because you're in what they would call a rebuild. Also, I believe Ned is basically a cowboy. Cowboys don't ride away when they fall out of a tree. So Ned got to come back next last year, kind of take the shots of what this team might have been, and then this year happens. You can see Ned's kind of getting irritable. He's been a little bit more grouchier this year. If you don't believe me, just listen to post games with Cody Tapp, which his pregame today will start at, I believe, 5.30? No, 4.30 on 610 Sports Radio. 
And it's interesting because I would think, and maybe I'm going out way too far on a ledge here, but I believe that this is probably Ned Yost's last year as the Royals manager. I also firmly believe that Ned Yost's number will be retired. I believe he will have a statue. For those of you that don't like Ned Yost, I'm sorry, but let your bias go to the side. He won a World Series. He went to two. He's the winningest manager in Royals history. And then the other argument also comes back. He's also the also losingest, losingest manager. He's also the longest tenured manager. Yeah. Sometimes that happens when you play 162 games in a year. But this focus isn't on Ned Yost. This focus is on who takes the ranks as the next manager. And as a radio host, I have to give you some content that I believe I think would be the best case scenario. Here's a guy I don't want to see, Mike Matheny. Mike Matheny was ran out of St. Louis because he had moles in the locker room, who was Bud Norris. If you don't know what that means, it means he had a guy come tell him what the team was talking about. Cardinals get rid of Mike Matheny. Cardinals all of a sudden start to trend upwards once he's gone. Mike Matheny currently is a right-hand man to, Ned y- or to Dayton Moore. Basically the same position that Ned Yost was hired on, I believe. Yeah. Similar. But what I want to see as a Royals manager is something that Dayton Moore always preaches. So you need a successor to Ned Yost. You want to keep the family tight. You want to keep the organization the way it is. Who better than Raul Ibanez? And I know you think, well, he doesn't have any experience. Let's pump the brakes real quick. A few years back, the Yankees were indeed looking for a new manager. They let Girardi go. Yankees needed a new manager. It basically came down to Raul Ibanez and Aaron Boone. Some would say that Aaron Boone hit such an iconic home run off Tim Wakefield that that's kind of what gave him the edge. Or maybe the family name, the tracking of the family, the experience with the ball club, even though Ibanez played with the Yankees and had some pretty good heroic uh, postseasons. Also with the Phillies, the Royals, Seattle, anywhere you want to go. But the thing about Raul Ibanez is if you remember, when we say sticking to the plan of the successor of Ned Yost, if you remember in 14... He was the one that led the closed-door meeting within the team that sent the team to skyrocket and turned that team into a whole new team that second half of that 14 season. That eventually, you know the story that we talked about in the first segment. They got to the playoffs, got to the World Series, and so on and so forth. Raul Ibanez not only fits the scheme for the Royals, but he fits the normal trend for the baseball world that we have currently. You look at young managers that used to be players and most recent players. You look at Brad Osmus. You look at Aaron Boone. And you look at what Brad, you look at what Raul Ibanez could do for this team. Yankees, a glorified team, a glorified organization with tons of history, rich, rich blood in baseball sport, almost chose Raul Ibanez. A team like New York, where you think it's tough answering questions in Kansas City, oh mama. And Raul Ibanez was basically a player manager. He's got connections with some of the guys on the team. And I think he's the guy that's been in this organization that Dayton Moore can trust. And he's a guy that has a lot of experience and recent experience. He doesn't really have a bad chip on his shoulder as a previous manager because he hasn't been a manager. Whereas Mike Matheny has been that guy. Now you could say a bench coach could eventually slide in and you could really keep the same scheme. I don't like that. I think you do need to make an out-of-house hire. And I think Raul Banez would make a lot of sense. I think his tenacity, his fortitude, his leadership, and his overall voice and perception of a guy that could be a player's manager 
would work in a team like this. In a couple of years, you're going to bring up Coart and Singer, Lynch. You're going to have young guys that when they were kids probably still remember Raul Ibanez playing baseball. You're going to have that story of the closed-door meeting leaking through the walls in that Royals clubhouse where they're going to be like, hey, man, it's like Game of Thrones. They sing songs about you in the histories. That guy had a speech one time. If you want to know about it, go talk to Gordon about it. He'll tell you. It's really awesome. And that'll get a young kid kind of juiced up, ready to go. And I think when it comes to Raul Ibanez, you look at a guy who was on a lot of bad Royals teams. He knows what it's like to be in a city where a team might be struggling, and he's also been in a city where a team has turned the curve and became successful around guys that were also young. So to me, for a successor to Ned Yost, there's no better fit than Raul Ibanez. He's gotten a lot of talks as being a manager for other teams. He has a local tie as an ex-player here, has the closed-door meeting, and Raul Ibanez, I think, would be a very good fit to succeeding Ned Yost. Yeah, and it's not even like uh, like you're going out and getting some young, fresh-out-of-baseball kind of guy. Like He's 47 years old, so he's going to be right. able to go in there and kind of demand that respect that you might not get if you hired a 35-year-old manager or whatever. But his ties to Kansas City, like you said, the player-coach kind of mentality that he took in 2014 with that closed-door meeting that ultimately set everything in the right direction. I'm with you here. I think it would be a good hire. I think it's a good hire, not only because I I think it is, but because I think all the puzzle pieces make the most sense. Mm -hmm. I don't want a guy who has been reported to have moles in a locker room. I don't want a guy who has a firing history. I want a guy that's got local ambition, a guy that's got local ties, and that other than Raul Ibanez. Again, talks with Yankees managers. They went with Aaron Boone. Either one of them could have been successful. They just chose Aaron Boone, I think, because of the iconic home run and the history of his family's name. And I think Raul Ibanez bleeds royal blue when it comes into that locker room just because of the 14 run and the stories that has come from his side on this Royals team. We talked about Mahomes a little bit in the first segment. But there's something that I think Mahomes can do, not just for the young fans, but I think for the older fans as well, and it has nothing to do with playing football on the field. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Out of Bounds, Saturday, 1231-ish, almost 1232. Thanks for listening to us. If you're out and about, it is absolutely gorgeous outside. I'm a weirdo, so there's no other place I'd rather be than here. Protein House, eat with a purpose, text line 69306 from the 620. I know I'm late, and I'm sorry. If I'm going to eat a hamburger or ice cream, I want the real thing. I don't know what that means, but it says, I hate to see Ned go. He's done a nice job. No, that's fine. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people get Ned confused. Like we said last segment, I think if Ned is going to leave after this year, I think Raul Ibanez should take over. Mike Matheny is looming. I'm not sure that's where you want to go, personally. But I do agree. I'm not a hater of Ned Yost. I think Ned is a lot of times misunderstood. I think he's pretty likable overall. I would disagree there. Oh, you're saying for yourself? Uh, like, yeah. I would I say just the mean, like, as, a, as a Royals fan, I think that like he can be funny with how like 
Yeah, well, see, like my humor is different. Like I'm okay with like dry, you know, being a real richer when it comes to humor. Yeah. Like when he first saw Cody tap at the first game, he's like, why is your face so red? Like some of you are like, well, he's just mean. I think Ned's okay. Yeah, I think he jokes around a lot. He just has he that gives red people a hard time, you he's, know. He's like, just a red ass. Yeah. Like that's what he is. Yeah. So, I mean, for a lot of negatives for Ned, you got to bring up the positives. Like he's always got his teams back. Like in Chicago earlier this year when that pitcher started barking, Ned was over there and he was telling the man, he was telling Chicago's skipper, hey, man, you worry about your guys, I'll worry about mine. And anytime there's a brawl, Ned is out there ready to go. Again, we've called Ned a cowboy before. That's just who he is. He's going to live and die by the team on his side and he's going to go down with the fists up and he's not going to leave until he's done. That's just who Ned is. Also, later on in the show, we will do uh, fictional fathers, good and bad. 69306, let us know. So far, we got a couple, Tony Soprano. Marlon from Finding Nemo. I just told BK and Nick, I don't think he's a good dad. Don't be so tight on your kids. You don't let if you let Nemo go touch the butt real quick and let him come back, maybe Nemo never gets caught. But he delayed it. He said, "Don't do it." He did travel the entire world though to save his son. So you know that one's a toss up. Well, speaking of dads and sons, Tiger Woods is on the uh, driving range right now. Currently, I believe ten shots back because a local guy. From Topeka, Kansas, Gary Woodland, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, Nick Price. Oh, yeah. Um, is leading at nine under. Behind him is Justin Rose, and then behind that is a very interesting name in Rory McIlroy. I wouldn't mind seeing that. And also Brooks Kepka, who had probably the sexiest golf hat I've ever seen in the opening round Thursday with that floral 90-99 oh, yeah. throwback like Nike's hat. Spring break kind of fashion. But where I want to get at when it comes to this whole tie of kids and Mahomes, and the Chiefs' popularity is the videos we saw this week that were released by EA Sports and what Mahomes is going to be able to do on Madden 19. We've already talked about it before with the bazooka arm, the no-look pass, but we didn't know what it would look like in reality, right? Well, now we've seen the gameplay audio of it, or video of it, and it's pretty damn sick. They show the video of Mahomes running to the outside, throws a no-look pass, and then kind of has like the mannerisms of actually Patrick Mahomes. So my main question is, in a world that has been, to a lot of people, poisoned by millennials. Sorry, we're, we're millennials, Nick. And video games, and now there's college degrees that you can go become a video game blogger. You can be a professional gamer. They have TV channels that are just literally segregated to playing video games. And my question, Nick Price, is can... Patrick Mahomes being on Madden and with these new different types of things, can Patrick Mahomes get guys in their 50s to go buy video games? And I don't mean go buy it for their son or their daughter, but buy it for their damn selves and play it in the basement when everybody's asleep and the wife says, hey, I'm going to go to bed or I'm going to go wash up and then I'm going to go to bed. And he says, all right, I got 30 minutes. I can go get a game in online, run with the Chiefs, do some no-look pass with Mahomes. I honestly wonder, because there is a narrative where it's like, kids need to get outside more. Kids need to do more active activities. These video games are ruining people. And then here comes an anomaly of Patrick Mahomes throwing no-look passes, a bazooka arm set. He's on the cover of Madden. He's the MVP. He's the offensive player of the year in the AFC. Can a 50-year-old man go buy Madden and do it all on good morale? After a lot of narratives in that age group is get outside and play more. Yeah, I mean, I think that people. Because what did general, Mike Price tell you? 
Well, my dad, Mike Price, shout out Father's Day coming tomorrow. Sure. Happy Father's Day, Mike. Um, my dad told me that he, my dad is kind of a gamer. He likes playing sports games to okay, preface so he doesn't this. fit this enough. So he's going to get it, but he also said he's going to buy another copy to keep it in mint condition because he thinks it's going to be worth a lot of money someday. Good for Mike. But to your point, I do think that older people, maybe 40s and 50s, might be buying Madden this year because people just can't get enough of the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Like, people will do anything to get more and more content, and that's basically what it is, is you're going in there and you're simulating a real game before right. the season starts. Yeah, and the way the video games have evolved. It's so it, realistic. And the way video games have evolved, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just uncanny how crazy it is compared yeah. to what it was, and, like, these guys are playing Tech Mobile. Yeah, I remember playing Madden last year, and I was playing with the Chiefs, and my grandpa walked into the room, and he's like, oh, there's a game on today? I'm like, nah, grandpa, this is PlayStation. It's just interesting because I know he's a trendsetter. We saw that with the jorts and the cutoff shirt. And there's just different things that make me think about this game because I know I'm not, a, I'm not really a Madden player. The only thing I'll really geek out on is like FIFA because I just think it's interesting because that game is so nationwide or globally. Just You're so also global. good at it eh. Com comparatively. Yeah. Which we get a response already, 816, nope. Which is fine. That's fine. And now I know a lot of people will probably buy it for their children because it's going to be popular. Kids going to, I mean, Madden just never going to not be popular. But it's interesting to know that, like, now that Mahomes is on the cover and now that there's all these special features, there are now parents these days that were kids when the Michael Vick game came out. And that's what a lot of people use comparisons to is in the past. Obviously, they'll say, well, in 2004 or whatever it was, 2000, I think it was 2004 or five, Michael Vick was on the cover. It was like one of the biggest cheat codes ever. You just couldn't play with the Falcons because he could run. He could throw monstrous balls deep downfield. And it just wasn't fun to play against Michael Vick, but it was fun to play the game because you knew where the anomaly was in the game. Now, if you want to see who plays it, that first that next text is hilarious. Um, <laughs> don't worry, 913. I'll send you my PlayStation handle. We can, we can ball out. But the thing that's crazy to me is the fact that I really think that Mahomes has that much magic to where people will actually play video games because of who is on the cover and who he is on the video game. Like, that's what's crazy. Like, especially in a world where the narrative is to get out and play and to get out and be active, and then all of a sudden we have this come out, this bomb drop. And who's to say this is going to be the first year that this, or the only year that Mahomes will be on the cover? And who's to say that this is the only way that this game is going to get better. But now it's elite because now we've seen a quarterback who's made a video game of real life is now making a real life a video game. As confusing as that may sound, last year watching Mahomes as a first-year starter was insane. And you're like, this looks like a video game. And then EA Sports went, man, you ain't lying. And you know they've been working on this for way too long. And now they have their product out. Now they've got it. And now we're going to see how crazy it is. And I'm one of those guys that I haven't bought Madden, Nick, since, God, who was on the cover? Maybe Ray Lewis, like the Hall of Fame wow. edition? That's yeah. right. What well, changed? That's been a while. Like the, everything changed from the game. Yeah, I mean, I've had the last couple Maddens, and it's incredibly realistic. Like, now. literally the everything only games I'll buy is, like, 2K because it's fun to play when you're having some cold ones around A lot of friends. rosters moving around, too. Pretty fun. And then FIFA. Yeah. Because I'll, you know, I'll, I'm all right. And I like to put my headset on and hear kids from England cry that are like nine and I'm 31.
I'm just kidding. Uh, not about the age, but uh, but no. And like I'm one, and I and this is what made me think about this topic is I literally thought about this. I'm like, you know what? Madden's always a scam. It's the same game every year. It's just different rosters. Why don't they have a version where you can just like put your CD, put the disc in, and it just automatically loads up new rosters? No, 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 no. Now we have Mahomes in here who has revamped the game, not only on the field but in the in the technical form. And I am pretty interested to see how this is because we've never seen a quarterback like it. We've never seen a quarterback do what he can do. Yeah, and I was telling you a couple shows ago about how I was playing Madden with the Chiefs last year, trying to do things that Mahomes was doing in real life and not even the video game could comprehend it. Well, now they've built real-life Mahomes into the video game, and it's just going to be even more realistic and kind of goes back to that point of people are going to play it because it's going to be a real-time simulation of what they might see this season. And that's what's crazy, too, is like you see the text lines start to blow up a little bit. Clint the Mailman, listener number three, I'm 30. I love Madden. I'm buying two copies, just like Mike Price. He didn't say the Mike Price thing, but I had to say it. This is being a Super Bowl win and back-to-back MVP. Possible. So it's crazy. And we'll take your phone calls if you want right now if you're calling in about Madden. I don't know if you're over the age of 40 or something and you think you might buy it. But it's crazy to think that an actual player made life look like a video game, and now a video game had to evolve to a player to make a real-life player a video game even more so. It's just interesting to me to think that there's maybe a chance, like I said, I haven't bought Madden in several years because I just got tired of it. It became the same thing. But now seeing these clips and these videos and these and these different aspects to the game that are changing because of one person, it's kind of interesting to think that maybe a video game could be trendy. It's just interesting. And when I think of what Mahomes can do for a franchise, a city, you look at what he's doing to a video game. Now everybody wants to wants to like play this game because they want to do the no-look pass. Big Al, what you got? Hey, guys, what's going on? Not much, man. How are you? I'm uh, pretty good. Just heading down to the lake, so it can't be better than that, right? Must be nice. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, I'm one of those guys with a 50-plus, right? Okay. So, uh, I remember, I don't, I'll just, I remember like say 15 years ago when, uh, you know, like you, you mentioned earlier where you get on the Madden and you pick the best team that was, you know, strong. Right. Right. So, yeah. I could, I guess I could be talked into buying, you know, the, uh, a Mahomes, I mean, a Madden game with Mahomes is on there and we're, you know, kicking some butt from the no look pass and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, I, I still, I still want to, I'm still one of those. Guys, you know, I mean, obviously, I stood in the stands for 25 years plus. I want to see the Super Bowl first, and then I, I think all the rest comes that, you know, comes in after that. Like all the games, everything will take off, right? So, anyway, I'll hang up, and listen to you guys. Hey, Al, Thanks one sec, one sec, hey, Al, one second. Yeah, are you a father? Yeah, yeah, I'm a father. Yep. Happy Father's Day, Al. All right, you too. Take care, guys. I'm not a dad, but not a father. Maybe, not yet. maybe some, maybe, maybe someday. <laughs> Phil, KC, you got 60 seconds. You doing this game or not? Philly. Phil. And gone. For the record, he did say that he was going to buy it. Fair enough. Let's go to, is it Lobos? Yes, sir. Okay, go ahead, man. 47 years old. I'm going to go get it, man. I used to play back when. uh, Why does he sound like Therese Paley? (laughs) Mike Vick was on the cover. That was the last time I got to play because I didn't have any kids. Now I'm worried because I'm I'm one year into my marriage. We got four kids together, and now the, we're homeowners. So I know the, the cars are not going to get washed. The lawn's not going to get mowed because I'm going to franchise mode. 
it's gonna. I know it's gonna probably be the ending of a new marriage, man. But I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna blame it on the kids, though. They're into that Fortnite stuff. I gotta teach them about Madden. Bro. Are you gonna be okay kicking your kids' ass in Madden, being Mahomes? Oh, totally. I'm gonna be Greg Williams <laughs> on defense. I'm gonna be blitzing. I'm gonna be audible at the line, mm. sending hot routes. I'm gonna teach them, bro. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, happy Father's Day, and continue hey, going on strong, man. Appreciate it. You got it. See, I'm telling you, man. People the, are gonna buy it. The buzz is real. I'm, I'm, I'm not even kidding you, man. Like everybody's gonna be with everybody's gonna play Madden. Everybody's gonna do this. Uh, one thing not a lot of people play anymore is golf, and the U.S. Open's going on. And well, we got to talk about it. Out of bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, six ten Sports Radio. Coming up a little bit later. O.J. Simpson now has Twitter. That's right. Unconfirmed whether it's really him, but he's planning on joining Twitter at least. I don't give a crap if it's him or not. He has a video that says what his Twitter handle is, and it's literally his face and his voice. Yeah. And boy, are there some hot topics in that video. Um, also, Father's Day is tomorrow, so happy Father's Day to all of you great dads, my two fathers. Um, stepfather, Jeffrey Bilburn, real dad, Kurt Likens, thank you very much for doing what you do and putting up with me. Um... And Mike Price, uh, yep. your dad. Shout out Mike Price. So we had a little fun topic when we had Mother's Day show. And so for the Father's Day show, we want to get the most, the best and the worst fictional dads, whether it's a TV or a movie. So far, we've gotten guys like Tony Soprano, Marlon from Finding Nemo. Uh, one of the names I will go ahead and give you a little bit of a spoiler that is on my list is Clark Griswold is a good dad. Got to be. Darth Vader, a bad dad. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're at. That's the little example. We're not going to give you any more any more than that. It's what we call a tease. But an example would be like Clark Griswold, except maybe when he went to Vegas and he got with Cousin Eddie and they went to the casino that had pick a number or give me some of the blue and some of the yellow. Rock, paper, scissors. And don't get cheap on me <laughs> at a buffet. Uh, by the way, uh, Randy Quaid, <laughs> that boy, that, that guy is, that guy's something else. Yeah. Um, but this weekend is, again, Father's Day. Um, Father's Day is always interesting to me because I always remember things for, like, certain moments. I think a lot of people probably do that as well, so that's not really that big of a take as much as it sounded like it is. But for me, Father's Day weekend obviously is about the dads or the dads or whoever raised you, right? But for me, it always will be the U.S. Open and golf. It's always on Father's Day weekend. Um, we're set up for a, quite an event. Um, at this U.S. Open. And we always preach live and local on Saturdays. And what more perfect day to go live and local than a guy from Topeka, Kansas, Gary Woodland, who wears a rock chalk Jayhawk on his bag, is leading the U.S. Open on moving day Saturday at a score of nine under, a two-shot lead. Yeah, pretty good with the whole live and local narrative because we're just big golf guys in general and wanted to talk about it, but now it is live and local. Gary Woodland, nine under. Next best is Justin Rose at seven under. Rosie. Um, I just typed in the U.S. Open leaderboard, and the only thing that came up were like literally like seven pictures of models, and this is the same picture. This is the same computer that Sean Levine uses when he does the drive two to six with Carrington <laughs> Harrison. Just saying. Yeah, your leaderboard, nine under, is the leader, Gary Woodland, who was also born in the same hospital as I was, Stormont Vale. Shout out to Pika. Uh, Justin Rose in second, minus seven. Uh, Hazen is at minus six. Rory McIlroy is at minus five. 
A good name to keep an eye on, obviously, is Brooks Kepka at minus four, and that's where I begin this topic. Which is crazy because Tiger Woods is teeing off in a couple or about an hour and a half. But Brooks Kepka is currently five shots off the lead. The tournament's only going to get more tough. Now, the U.S. Open, the narrative around the U.S. Open is they don't want you in the red, they want you in the blacks, which means they don't want under par. They want to make the course extremely tough. Well, the thing about the U.S. Open is the greens are extremely fast. The pins are in incredible locations. The fairways are laser thin, and the roughs are about as thick as Bob Ross's afro. And right now, the scores don't indicate that. But now they're done getting moisture on the ground, so it's just going to get harder, figuratively and literally. And Brooks Kepka is a guy who has won the U.S. Open back-to-back years. If he wins the U.S. Open this year, his third straight year at winning the U.S. Open, he's a top-five golfer of all time. I know this industry gets blasted with hot takes, but he would then be a five-time major winner. He would have won the U.S. Open three consecutive years, and he's not even close to hitting his prime. He'd be a five-time major champion, a three-peat champion at the U.S. Open, supposedly the toughest tournament to play in. And he just has the get-up to continue to do it. He crushes the ball off the tee. He puts better than most, which is good for his game. And he doesn't complain. Like when they asked about, you know, this and that and how the greens are going and all this, and people are like, well, you know, the rust's too tough. He just said, you know what, suck it up. It's the U.S. Open. Do better. Basically was his narrative of how to play in the U.S. Yeah, Open. I'll play in the same course here. And if you think about the severity of what he would have done, he would then, in the last almost less than three years, he would have won four majors three of them being the U.S. Open in back-to-back-to-back years. Not only that, he's one sexy human being. He looks like a strong safety in the NFL. His hat that he wore on Thursday was absolutely gorgeous. And he's a good dude. But right now, Gary Woodland leads the U.S. Open. How great is that? Local guy from Topeka wins the U.S. Open. The most, Some say the Masters is the most prestige one to win because of the history, the jacket, the tradition, yeah, yeah, yeah. like none other. But like the U.S. Open... It's just right there. If you rank them, it's Masters, U.S. Open, European Open, or you can call it the Open, and then probably the PGA. Right. I agree with that. So that's fine. But the thing about Gary Woodland is he's got a chance to make some local ties big. He's got a chance to come out of this area who's also known as kind of the same type of realm as Dustin Johnson, Gary Woodland, um, Brooks Kepka, they're big bombers off the tee. They're kind of calm, cool, collected. They don't have a lot of pizzazz about them. They're very quiet going with their loud game. But you keep moving on into the U.S. Open. Tiger Woods, 10 shots behind. He's at plus one. He tees off in, few, in like about an hour. Basically out of it, but he's still in the tournament. So you can still watch to watch Tiger. And you never know when those Tiger Woods moments happen. You never know when Tiger Woods will turn it on, all of a sudden get going. But then there's guys like Jordan Spieth, who had an interesting audio cut. Two perfect shots, Michael. You got me in the water on one and over the green on the other. 
He's taking Michael Greller to task right there. Two perfect shots, Michael. And the reason I bring up Jordan Spieth in that audio clip is because Jordan Spieth had potential to be Brooks Kepka. Jordan Spieth, nicknamed the Golden Boy, from Texas, from money, had a lot going his way, has now become this heel-type golfer. You hear that audio. He's throwing his caddy under the bus. Two perfect shots, Michael. One in the water, one over the green. Your caddy didn't swing the club. Don't be that guy. Yeah, who put it in the water? You did. Who put it over the green? You did. Now you want to trash your caddy who gets 10% of your cut, who gives you information, who gives you advice? Yeah, Jordan Spieth's becoming a heel like Bubba Watson. Don't let Bubba Watson's game fool you either. But Jordan Spieth, who could have been the next Brooks Kepka, who Brooks Kepka is now the next big name in golf because he's got a chance to win his third straight U.S. Open, his fifth major, and really take the game to a new level to get these young kids more involved. Because guess what, Nick Price? Golf courses are falling all around the area because people don't want to go pay that kind of money, and millennials are broke. But Brooks Kepka can get you that juice, that fire, that look to get into the game. Jordan Spieth, you could have been that. You're kind of falling apart. You got lost in the game. Now you turn into a real ass. Sorry, it is what it is. But the most important part about this, other than the fact that you got a guy from Topeka, Kansas, leading the U.S. Open on a Saturday, is Tiger Woods is still playing. And the Father's Day Sunday matchup should be pretty good because you know what? It's in California, so it's not going to be over until like 8 o'clock our time. So that's always good. Coming up on the other side of the hour, 1 o'clock is here already. I can't believe it. But the Royals played a game in Omaha, and they left somebody behind. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.